Monday Trending Chat with Smash Africa On Live at Night Welcome to Live at Night. I am your host, Smash Africa for the babies. Thank you so much for choosing us as your companion. Earlier on, I've been saying uh, that as we observe International Women's Month and Human Rights in South Africa, we'll be taking a look at the basic rights that are often not recognized or in fact are taken away from transgender women. I am joined on the line by Steve Litzike, human rights activist and founding director of Access Chapter 2, otherwise known as AC2, a human rights organization that focuses on LGBTI people, uh, women in their diversity and civil society's participation on a public policy development process. Steve, welcome to Live at Night on 5FM. Thank you for your time. How do you do? Good evening to you and to the listeners of 5FM. It's good to be joining this call just the day after Human Rights Day. Yes, indeed. Now, um, uh, to kickstart our discussion, what do we mean when, it's, when we say a person is transgender, Steve? Oh, man, we lost Steve there. Um, I'm going to try and get Steve back on the line um, uh, while we... While we do that, here's some music from Teleman. All right, we've got Steve back on the line. Apologies for that technical glitch. Trending chats this evening, transgender women's rights. And uh, like I said, I am joined on the line by Steve Litzeke, human rights activist and founding director of Access Chapter 2, AC2. I don't know what happened there, Steve. Thank you so much for coming back. Um, uh, As you were saying, what do we mean when we say a person is transgender? So first, I think is to appreciate the fact that transgender is about gender, um, you know, and gender is a social construct um, where it's really about identity, it's about expression, and and often what society um, has uh, designed as roles. So transgender people, you know, have a gender identity or expression that differs from the sex that they were assigned. So if a child is born uh, female or or, or male, and their gender identity will differ from what was really assigned at best. Mm, mm, Mm. mm. Now, in South Africa, our constitution is like, it's one of the highly ranked constitutions, you could say liberal to a certain Mm. degree. Yet our society on this topic that we're about to, uh, you know, go into it's a it's a different story, not aligning with the constitution. Why do you think that our society is not aligning with what our constitution has put out? Yeah, no, indeed. I mean, look, um, I think there's a bit of context to why society has not really aligned. Um, I mean, indeed, you are correct. This liberal constitution is celebrated globally everywhere. Mm. Um, Everybody that wants to make an example of a good uh, constitutional uh, uh, obligation and rights, they make reference to South African constitution, which which actually has uh, embedded the right not to be discriminated, equality and freedoms, and all those rights that are enshrined in the constitution. Now, why is society not aligned? And, and I think that has to do with the fact that it's social. Mm. So the constitution is right, it's, it's law. Mm. Uh, but the, the society where it's actually dri- driven by 
social institution that influences our thinking, our 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 bringing up of kids and children, um, and 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 society. You know, it's almost like a culture of of how society socializes, mm. and 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 the history of how criminalization has 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 actually defined or how colonial laws actually have defined humanity we actually had how humans were criminalized now all of these changes that happened and where we reform the 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 criminalization of human being whether on the basis of the color of the skin you remember the fact that that long history of prejudice of being black you know the Sharpville the Sharpville massacre i mean as we're celebrating human rights i mean it is what it is yeah yeah so the inequality was embedded in society that even when you speak about lgbti persons when you speak about trans people that that history no matter the constitution it means that we still are to challenge the social norms that needs to change and also the willingness of society to challenge those norms that also brings a, a, a question. Do you think the South African society is willing to cha- challenge the societal norms that have been engraved in us? I think, I think when people are, are, are empowered, people are, are willing, um, you know, people would be moving. I think South Africans have it in their, in their heart and mind and, and souls to, to really change and, and, and those who actually are willing to learn and to embrace diversity, for me, that is key. It's not to accept, but is to always know that we all coexist because mm. I don't want to be accepted. Mm. I am not accepting any heterosexual. Mm. I accept human beings for who they are without any connotation to it. Steve, you've done some research yeah. and I want to talk about number one, discrimination experiences faced by transgender women Mm. and number two the most common stigmas out there Mm. how do we go about getting rid of the discrimination and in turn by discrimination not being in there we won't have to face the stigma correct yeah what are the facts what have you found what has your research said to you yeah, no, I think, I mean, look, what, what is key, it's, it's, it's really also some of the issues that comes with attitudes and, um, and, and, and experiences of trans persons. So we did a research, you know, um, in 2019, and we've just repeated it now, uh, um, and we are about to finish the report. But the findings of that particular research that um, 57% of, of trans uh, transgender women have been uh, uh, physically assaulted um, and it also was believed that this was linked to their gender identity mm. i mean that's that's a very uh, a big number mm. um and and also the fact that you you also see that uh, um again 57 percent do not have family support so there's also correlation in interlinks the way we we, we treat people in our families it's also how the way society will treat them, um, you know, um, because we've rejected them. We have taken, kicked them out of homes and it's more likely that society will react in a similar way. Mm. Um, and also what we've, we've found um, 
that 36% of transgender persons do not feel safe showing publicly, you know, their display of affection towards their own partner. So you can sense some fear um, and, 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 and really dire fear because of how South Africa uh, or South Africans in particular have actually attacked, assaulted uh, and killed. I mean, you've seen uh, quite a high number of of, of of hate crimes against LGBTI community in the past. Mm. And, and and this is really dominant of of the structural discrimination that we've seen. But also you look at what is this is this what I was sharing was general uh, general uh, within the society. But we've seen high levels of stigma in education uh, 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 system, in the school settings, but also in the workplace oh, uh, uh, settings. Yes. 73% um, of, of trans women in that study uh, reported the experience stigma and discrimination in school by both learners and teachers. Mm-hmm. So, so this is not just only learners of their old age, but it's also teachers for that matter. And then also that uh, 40% have experienced it in higher uh, 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 education systems. So these are your universities, TVET colleges, and so forth. But I think also what happens with this discrimination Discrimination that happens at a very young age follows you to adulthood. Indeed. And and predominantly the impact of that stigma and discrimination has got impact into your life. So more likely that those who are not resilient, who their self-esteem is lowered and they are attacked and so forth, they also are subjected to quite a number of things. We've seen dropout in schools. Mm. A lot of trans persons who have dropped out in this research, 47% of them had dropped out of school, which then means that what happens to the economic reality. People are unemployed, people did not finish school, and they are more likely to be in informal economy. So, so, so you actually are seeing what impact does this have on the person, but also on the economy itself. Um, and on, then we also looked at the discrimination in, in the health system and the fact that, you know, our own South African health system comprises both public and private. And, and we have looked at what is happening in both private and public uh, uh, settings. I mean, up to about 12 percent of um, trans persons, uh, um, you know, really did not have a health-seeking behavior for that matter mm. because of fear of being outed. Um, 21% of them have experienced poor treatment from healthcare providers, and this experience of discrimination is also um, on the base of verbal abuse because of their gender identity, but subsequently also their sexual orientation. But what does all of this rejection look like? Um, we've seen quite a number of them who reported they have attempted committing suicide up to about 20%. Oh. And this is also adding to the general suicide rate in South Africa. I mean, we have up to just over 21% of South Africans generally who have attempted committing suicide. So you can actually see the correlation of, of this data that we, we, we would have seen. So, so, so while we have transgender women who have a well better health-seeking behavior, generally women have got a better health-seeking behavior. If a woman is coughing, has got pain, they go to a facility, they go to see a health professional, generally so, even mm. with transgender person. Mm. But when you deny them service, you're actually more likely now to be causing greater impact to that. It sounds to me like human rights are just being taken away from, from people. 
willy-nilly and like that behavior is not checked no it, indeed indeed is, i mean this is a big problem is there is there anything from a from a legal standing that could be done to to curb this indeed um one of the biggest problem that we have another study that we were part of um that we released in 2016 together mm. with out and other organizations um the findings that we had there was around reporting of human rights violation. We found that 88% of LGBTI persons in South Africa do not report hate crimes or mm. any human rights violation. That makes it one only one in 25 LGBTI persons that you know will more likely report. And it does not mean by virtue of reporting that these incidents reaches a justice or a redress of some kind. Because remember, by virtue of reporting, and there's a process when reporting. Indeed. But, but many people who go and report to South African police service uh, experience what we call secondary victimization. When you go and report in your workplace or whatsoever, you know, HR might not be taking these uh, uh, cases seriously. So, so rights are violated, but not only once as an incident occurs, it happens again in the secondary approach, even the tertiary approach where there's no redress. So LGBTI persons, trans persons, even in this re- uh, uh, research, you actually are seeing how much rights are taken away and there's no agency that is given to trans persons. And that's actually a complete contradiction of the rights that we've enshrined in our constitution and the policies that we've put ahead. And you know, like uh, when you when when you started, I like the fact that you said it 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 starts from an early age. What mm. is normal, like ostracizing people, yeah, just because they don't look like you, yeah. or 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 they don't speak like you, yeah. and it's normal in your community or your society to do that. So it, it certainly does feel like we've got a long way to go, and it really sucks that. In our healthcare system, in our education system, in at large, even when it comes to reporting of hate crimes, you yeah. know that um, trans trans uh, trans people and the LGBTIQ community mm. is not heard, let alone given a chance to yeah. actually um, the grievances dealt with accordingly from a legal standpoint. I want to talk about this one. This one is something that I think it happens based on what you just said. Um, rights being taken away from transgender women by mm. society that refuses to see transgender women as, quote, real women. Mm, mm. Now, that, I think that is also what is happening. Is mm. there a way where we won't see this happening or we just need to have these conversations as often as possible on the radio and because we can't also expect like the law <laughs> to mm. change things when it's people who, who are doing it. you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, are we ever going to win? Well, I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, one day we will win. Mm. Um, you know, things doesn't change uh, overnight. Um, there are quite a lot of allies, including the media, which mm. is an ally to the communities 
generally by virtue of sharing information, educating the public, right? Mm. Um, So each stakeholder, including government, has got an obligation of some sort. Government has a responsibility to protect, promote, and fulfill rights as they are. Mm. Because we can't, when we have laws such as the Constitution, I mean, this is the, the rule of law. This is the highest law, which is the Constitution. Any other act, and legislations that were put, like the sex exchange. I mean, in in 2023, it will be 20 years since we've had um, the law of sex exchange. I mean, this was in 2003. This is Act 49 that was put in by the country. So we must never lose the opportunity where we've put very good legislation platforms and we don't make sure that they're accessible. And that's why we've, we, we started access chapter two chapter two is the bill of rights we're saying how do we make these rights a lived reality for everybody that's why we want in and emphasize on access the other aspect is around changing social norms and now you have to look at it from a scientific point of view where we then speak about behavior change mm. and, and and generally so when people have knowledge of the law and human rights because by virtue of knowing, you are empowered individual and to ensure that the rights that you have come with responsibility. So generally, South Africans, you know, don't necessarily have uh, that power of, you know, what my rights are and my responsibility and limitations, by the way, because sometimes we even take advantage and not understand that rights have got limitations, right? And 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 how important this is for me and how important this is for the next person, that I look at you and I speak to you. I have to respect you. You have to give me the very same respect. None of us as human beings, because rights belong to humans. They don't belong to certain groups. Now, what I think we need to be doing is around how we change social norms. Um, we've got religious groups, we've got traditional groups, we've got families, we've got society where we need to continuously have conversations to change and shift the gear around justice, around leaving no one behind. If I'm in my family and I'm trans and my family does not make sure that they protect me and they love me, they, they, they embrace me. The next person would also do exactly what my is doing. Mm, so, mm. So, so for me, it's quite key because when those saying like charity begins at home, they are coming into play because if we don't care about our own, if we don't care just by virtue of people, because everybody I come across must be person that I can love and respect, whichever way. It does not matter where you come from. But we have lost that fabric, that social fabric of person, Patobeli, and mm. humanity. Steve, I'm getting goosebumps as you speak about that. Thank you so much. Because my next question is that uh, how do we go about improving the lives of transgender women in society? And I think personally you've hit it on the nail in terms of us as a society, what we normalize and charity mm. beginning at home. And it all starts with us, you know. Yeah. If you can if you can ostracize a family member, chances are it's so much easier for you to ostracize a stranger. Yeah. You know no, what absolutely. I mean? Um, absolutely. Uh,
Steve, thank you so much. And you are doing amazing work with uh, Access Chapter 2. Keep on keeping on. Don't stop. Like you said in this interview, you know it's going to come to an end. As much as I started this interview uh, feeling like, hey, we are in the dark here and there's no light. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? I appreciate you. For someone listening who wants to get more information of the work that you do, where can they get a hold of you? No, indeed, I mean, our office line is 010-100-3177, but we are also on all social media platforms, Access Chapter 2, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, but, and, and then we have offices, I mean, everywhere. We've got seven provinces that we operate in, uh, but our head office is in Pretoria at JSL Tower, 255 Pretoria Street. Steve, thank you so much for your time and thank you for the thank amazing you. work that you are you are doing and you are definitely making a difference. Thank you so much. Live at night, Monday to Thursday. Put your hands together. Six to ten on five FM.